I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you ready? Hey guys, come on, bring it in. I've scrolled through my contacts, sent out the invites, and our guests are about to arrive. Welcome back to the podcast dedicated to the most precious human pastime. I'm Gregory Porter, and this is The Hang. This podcast is beautifully simple. I sit down with friends, idols, and inspirations of mine to discover what makes them tick. Whether it's music, family, real-life experiences, it's the moments that move us, that make their way into our art. If you listen real close, man, you can hear that Dion Warwick in me. Listening to Don't Break Me Over. I'm so excited about what we're about to hear. One of the most beautiful voices in jazz in music, period. Maurice and them asked me, Do I want to be in the band? I said, On one condition, I want to be in the best band in the whole world. That's possible. (laughs) And they said, You're in. Earth, Wind, and Fire icon, Philip Bailey. The thing about music that I love, it's the eternal equalizer. It don't care who you are. It's kind of like golf, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I just spent a lot of money playing golf, and I take golf very, very seriously, but it don't take me that serious. (laughs) So here, sit back, grab a drink, and let's do this. Come on. Okay, before before we do this though, I I I got a fan out. I got a fan out. First of all, let's get this. I gotta get this off my. Gotta get get it off my chest. Okay, no, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. Because um, when I last time I saw uh, Gregory was at the North Sea Jazz Festival, and my daughter knows because she's actually the one that turned me on to to, to Gregory Porter, and. Uh, she knows, and a lot of people ask me, like, well, what do you know in your in your whole tenure? You know, is there anybody that you would say, okay, this is, you know, excited about this person, that person? Uh-huh. And, man, when I first started listening, you know how a Super Bowl team has everything going right? You know, like the, the, the front <laughs> office, the, the you know, the front office, the, the players, the timing, everything is right. That's the way. That's the way. That's the way. Greg Reporter's music is to me. It, you know, the whole uh, thing is just like a home run. It's a serious home mm. run from every perspective. So I was so intrigued by man, by by your music and and yeah. where you were from. And so I fanned out when I met him and stuff. I said, because I'm not I'm not the kind of guy that just goes up to anybody, you know. So I so I go because you never know how people are, right? So I go, Trinity, right, right, I told right. my daughter, I said, Trinity, but you know what? I'm going to put myself on the line. I got to ask him a couple questions, you know? So she, she, I think she went and told him and he was just so, so nice. Just the nicest man, guy. Are you kidding me? Just blew me away. Man, are you kidding me? Philip Bailey coming up to ask me some questions about 
music and and approach, and I was like, <laughs> "Come on, come on, that's the, that's the the master talking to the child, man. What are you talking about?" <laughs> you know what the thing about the thing about music that I love about music, it's the eternal equalizer. Yeah, you know yeah. that. Yeah. It don't care who you are. It's kind of like golf. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's like, it don't care. It don't care. I, I play a lot of golf and stuff. And people, I tell people, I said, I just spent a lot of money playing golf. And I take golf very, very seriously. But it don't take me that serious. <laughs> and the thing about yeah. music is, you know, like, either it's, it's great, either it's good, you know, or it's not. And uh, yeah. shoot, we as artists. When we know it and we hear it, we go, yeah. that's the shit right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it exactly. I mean, that leads me to, to my son's, he's now seven, mm. but then he was four. And his, his, choice, <laughs> his choice of music was your music, man. Oh, seriously. And, um, I swear to God. And and people thought I was just like, oh, you just saying something to make your son sound cool. He was like, no. On his way to school, he, you know, he was picking my records, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, you know, Donny Hathaway. I was like, hi, you know, where is this coming from? You know, where he knows where the, where the you know, soulful expressions are. Yeah, because it his, blew me away. Because his, his dad is a great reporter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, it's like, that's just, he got that so honest until it's, it's amazing. You know, I can't see him doing anything other than that. Oh man. Well, wow. Thank you for that. This, you know, we've already started. We've, you know, this is, this is how we, this is how we do the hang. Thank you so much uh, for being on the hang with me. Here I am in my dining room in Bakersfield, California. Uh, it's only 104 degrees outside. And, <laughs> and tell me where you are, Philip. I'm in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Okay. All right. Killing. Yeah. An hour, and, an hour east of, of LA without traffic. Yeah. Without traffic. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm two Actually, hours it's, it's, north. it's Ontario. It's, you know, they, you know, where the Ontario airport is and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Wow. We are actually properly meeting for maybe the, the third time. We'll just say that. But really, we've met a long time ago, um, just in the music. And mm -hmm. I, I, I like to say spiritually, um, because uh, your, your, your music and your sound and your energy and your vibration has been, you know, well and in my head and in my ears for since the beginning of me. And so, um, man, what a, what an honor and a pleasure, uh, uh, to talk to you. You know, we are put together by some blocks, the blocks of our foundational blocks. And which was why it was so extraordinary to me for when you, when you asked me a question about music, I'm like, you are part of my foundation. So, so anything that I say to you is only from my observation of you, which is, uh, which is an extraordinary thing. 
even to ask a question and to have a, a, a commune about music is for me to draw into my bag of, of, of tricks and wisdom in which you are involved in that. You're in that soup. And so, yeah, I love that. I love that. And I'm, I'm just honored to, uh, to speak with you about life, music, the foundation of it, the foundation of it. This is where I'm, I'm you know, intrigued about conversations about music. Like, where does it come from? It's inspiration. And, and who, who did you get it from? Well, you, like I, I, well, I was telling you, you know, in the UK, man, I grew up and uh, for some reason, as a small kid, Jazz just caught my my ear and my heart. Friend of ours, her mother had a extensive jazz collection, and this was you know back in the in the early sixties. And uh, and then her boyfriend happened to be a, a jazz bassist as well. So when the kids were outside playing, I would be playing these records very carefully, not to scratch him. <laughs> oh yeah. That was a serious thing or yeah. anything, you know? And so I'm listening to Art Blakey and the jazz messengers and, um, you know, Sonny Stitt and, you know, just, you know, that whole, all that stuff, you know, back in the day and, uh, listening to, uh, Nancy Wilson and just listening to uh, all the music that, that they had. and and for some reason, it was just such a beautiful escape for me. I was raised, you know, with uh, me and my mom and my sister, a single family. And, in, in uh, Colorado, was that? Yep, in Denver. Yep, in Denver. Denver, wow. Interesting. Yeah, so like music was kind of like, I, I say, my Pied Piper. You know, I, I just followed the path, you know. Um, and uh, that, was the, that was the thing that I did the best and the thing that I understood the best. I, yeah. I, I have some funny, funny stories about me trying to step outside of that and, and play some sports and they will crack <laughs> you up, man. Every single one of them, <laughs> every single experience I had, man, was a disaster. <laughs> it was a disaster, man. And every single one of them was like, you go back to the band and the choir, you know? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, the funny, funny thing is, it's God's hand in a way, you know. Just like, okay, this is this is where you're supposed to be. Right. No yeah, question. You know. And he didn't give me so. a break, man. He didn't give me a break. <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you one funny story. I went out for baseball, you know, and I liked the uniforms, you know. I, I didn't. No, you got to note that I didn't. I didn't have a father, you know. I didn't have my my father wasn't raised with me, so I didn't have a guy to show me how to do all these things, right? Yeah, so yeah. I loved the, 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 I had a couple of friends there playing baseball. So they said, Bailey, why don't you come on out and go out? You know, I said, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I had my stuff on and everything. <laughs> and I remember I got into the game and, you know, they were showing you how to, you know, take a grounder, you know, where you put the glove down, ah, the glove, the ball comes up, you know, bam, right. you know, ah, take it off the ground. Ah. Right. So the ball comes to me. I said, all right. I, I said, I can do this with the glove down. Bang. The glove, the ball goes up. The glove hits me in the Adam's apple. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was the end of my baseball experience. Okay. Yeah, wow. Oh, it was wow. crazy. Go back to the band. Go back to the band. Okay. Right. Right. Basketball. Yeah. Basketball. Easy. Okay. <laughs> 
I finally get in. I'm dribbling as fast as I can, but I notice nobody's with me. And I notice that I'm going the wrong way. Wow. (laughs) You can't get no more embarrassing. Man, wait. It's like, go back to the band. (laughs) It's crazy. Wow, that that's that's uh, that's really fun and funny. And really, baseball is not something you can just okay. I look right. cool in the uniform. Let me just pick this up. Yeah, that's true. It is one of those sports where you're kind of expected to have some experience at it from like four mm-hmm. and five. You know what I mean? Your hand-eye coordination has been developed over years, so you can hit, you know, connect the bat to the ball and all this kind of thing. So, right? Yeah, there ain't there ain't nothing you're just gonna fall into. You know, like. Um, Fly me to the moon. Exactly. <laughs> right. Now, interestingly enough, you know, after I got grown and stuff, I, you know, I developed into a half decent, you know, athlete and stuff, you know, but I, everything started slow for me because uh, early on, I was really sickly. I was premature. And so I was sick, man. I was sick all the time and everything that flew, I caught it, you know, as a kid. Okay. Okay. And uh, so that was one of the, the one of the things that like kept me in a, a, a lot. And, um, you know, looking back on it, I had nothing else to do but, you know, to listen, and, you know, study the music. Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting uh, uh, thing about um, uh, sometimes how things that can be perceived weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in another way part of your life can become your strength. Right. So this is one thing that, that for me growing up was I could in some ways consider it a weakness, but you know, there's a flip side to every weakness. Right. And this is um, perception, the way you perceive things, um, empathy. Um, sometimes deeply feeling the pain of other people um, and sensitivity. Now, empathy and sensitivity together can be dangerous because you're like a raw nerve going out into the world. And you see, when you see pain, when you see it, and having a mother who's a uh, street minister, oh my God. So you see hungry children, mm-hmm. you see people on drugs, you see, uh, people laying on the ground, you see. And so this, this empathy and sensitivity was like this raw nerve that I didn't know what to do with uh, as, as a younger person. And at the point at which I discovered music and I found a way to express the sensitivity and empathy and put myself in other people's shoes musically and lyrically, then I realized Okay, that thing that hurt me so much that was like a just like a raw nerve that was exposed and actually extending from my heart is now a thing that I can take onto the stage and take to the microphone and, exactly. and give to thousands of people. And it was a thing that I was embarrassed about and and didn't like about myself as 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 a young person. And so it was just this uh <laughs> this terrible this terrible sports life that kept you in and kept you listening to the records. Well, who were the, who were the vocalists that you were, you were listening to as well as, you, you know, know, I actually, I was listening to everybody, but I was gravitate. I probably gravitated toward the female vocalist more 
And I guess because I was raised with a lot of women and I heard and I could sense and feel that emotion um, listening to, you know, Morgana King and 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 uh, Sarah Vaughn and Ella Fitzgerald and and, uh, you know, all those great singers back in the day. Yeah. Mahalia Jackson. Mahalia Jackson. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? You know, one of my biggest influences, actually, and we're and we're kind of buddies, you know, you know, now. And I always tell her Dion Warwick. Wow. You know, just her, her lyrics. I wore that. Man, I wore them records. Her lyric sense, you know, and just her tone, you know, and yeah. and, you know, you can if you listen real close, man, you can hear that Dion Warwick in me, you know, listening to Don't Make Me Over. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, all that. Yeah, <laughs> there's a vulnerable, there's a vulnerability in both of y'all's uh, highs. That, right, yeah, right. I, I absolutely hear that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You just hit me to something. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's a beautiful person. I yeah, she to, is. Yeah. Just be with her a couple of times, really just to watch her genius. I wasn't, uh, you know, we didn't perform together, but uh, yeah, she's wonderful. And one of those artists. Which, you know, they, you know, when before you start to figure your musical thing out, they had so much out there already that you could you could look at it and Mm -hmm. and learn so much. You know, did you go to a a music conservatory? Well, I I went to I I studied music through school and then I went to um, to college a couple of years in in Denver and I studied Uh music. And then I studied also, you know, out here in Los Angeles when I moved out yeah, here private. with a percussionist. I was actually on track to be a percussionist because that's really what my my instrument, my main instrument was. And so, yeah. um, you know, playing in the band and in the symphony and stuff. And my uh, I was in school as a percussion major. And so I was studying vibes and timpanies, all the, you know, all the percussion stuff. And so I wanted to play in the symphony or um, follow after Harvey Mason. I'm smiling because I, I always rib him all the time about the fact that I used to watch, look at the back of album covers and stuff and see Harvey Mason on this, that, and the other, you know, on soundtracks, on, you know, playing this, that, or the other, you know, it, a marimba or this. So I was like, that's what I want to do. You know, that's what yeah. I want to do. And uh, later yeah. on, who would know, you know, that, you know, I've gotten a chance to perform with him and, yeah. and uh, know him play golf with him and stuff. And so I always, I always mess with him. He's like, I ain't that, I ain't that much older than you. I said, well, <laughs> I was still looking at you. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, yeah, I, 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 your musical interest came from. Did it happen organically, or, or, or in in your childhood? Was it, uh, it, it? You said it was your mother's boyfriend and the records that were just laying around. Um, is yeah, it the, the radio, television as well. There was never, there was never a time that I can remember that the light of music came on. It's always been there. Yeah. And my mom said that I was singing before I was talking. Yeah. To me, I always, 
you know, heard, you know, had this radio going on in my head. <clears throat> my mother said I would always be singing these songs. And one day I asked her, I said, don't you hear that? And she said, you know, she said, where'd you get that song I was singing? I said, I hear it in my head. And she said, I said, you don't hear that? <laughs> you know, <'cause> I'm, <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking everybody got this radio going on in their head, you know. <laughs> but I had this radio going on, you know, yeah. um, from, the, from the beginning. And I always, you know, probably like yourself, I always understood music. You know, I understood where it was going, you know, what was happening with it. You know, it's always been a friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, a natural musician. Yeah. And, and did um, did um, your mother or, or do you have aunts and uncles or was it just just you guys? Or? No, it was just me and my mother and my sister. So, so you're the foundation of it. Who? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, my you mom, know. my mom had a really good voice, though. She never had yeah. any aspirations that I that I knew of to to be do anything professionally or <clears throat> in it. But um, thinking back, you know, when my mom would sing around the house, she had a very nice voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I um I came to the conclusion of uh, of where my voice came from, even quite recently. I I um I was raised by my my mother. My father didn't raise me. And uh, he wasn't, he was in my life very infrequently, six or seven times before, before he passed uh, when I was 20. But I had always just attributed my voice to my mother. And she had a beautiful singing voice, kind of operatic. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy this world. You know, she sang you know, beautifully. She was a big woman and it was powerful and beautiful. And I think about it now, she was quite a romantic singer, always gospel music, but really he could have called 10,000 angels. They always felt, sounded like love songs, Mm. but they were love songs to Jesus. Right. And, um, so I was like, well, my, 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 my voice came from my, my mother, came from my mother. And then my, my father passed away and I went to his funeral. I had never heard my father sing. Person after person that came up on to the stage to speak about my father, they said, boy, when your daddy sang, hmm. boy, when you when, you know, I was like, Really? You know, it's like, you know, my mother never mentioned it, never, you know. She's like, oh, yeah, he was a preacher, you know, and that's, that's, that's the most I got. So I was in, a, in an interview in London, and they, they asked me, so where did you get your singing voice from? And for some odd reason, that's a simple question, but I'd never, I'd never asked myself that question. And, and just, it came to my mind, I had to say, well, you know, I heard time and time again at my, my father's funeral that he was a great singer. So I, I, I have to say, even though he gave me nothing in life, nothing, not how to fish, not how to tie a tie, not how to throw a baseball, he gave me the very thing that's central to what I do. And it's for me, it's been a way of like reconcil- reconciling that relationship. That, mm-hmm never really existed. 
Yeah. So I have to give him credit. He gave me, he gave me this singing voice. So that's all I'm gonna say on that. I, you know, right, yeah. you deal with your, you deal with your own daddy issues. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, clap it up for him because you definitely got it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Wow. But so from high school, then you went to to college, and then you know, it, is that, that's where you met Maurice. Well, see, you know, you remember we grew up in a day where there was clubs on in every, you know, 12 blocks. And we grew up in a time where there was live musician, people playing everywhere. So even in a small town like like Denver, there were four or five places that you could play music. So I grew up playing in clubs and stuff before I was old enough to actually, you know, legally be in them. Uh-huh. And, and uh, I would, you know, I would play, you know, one gig and I would, I, would, I would sing one gig and then I would play drums at an after hour gig. And uh, so when, when I was a teenager, so that's where, you know, that's where we cut our teeth really in learning, you know, uh, our craft. Besides, yeah. you know, the music teaching and we had a great we had a great music uh, departments in Denver. You know, that was that was in the day where you you would go to school and they would teach you all the different families of instruments. They would bring in, you know, they would bring in different uh, ensembles, you know, from different genres of music. So they they were, you know, they were way before their time, you know, and yeah. uh, um, that's where. I actually started and then I had bands. I had bands, bands and groups that we put together and we had battle of quartets and the battle of the bands and all that kind of stuff. So was it, was it, what was it? Were you doing rock, soul, R&B, jazz? Being from Denver, I was doing everything because I was doing, yeah. you know, you know, that was a, the, uh, the trio in the, in the trio set where it was an organ and a guitar the bass player, I mean, the organ would play bass on the, with his feet, all that, that Jimmy, all that Jimmy Smith stuff. Yeah. You know, if I was playing with the, with that group, I was doing some Nancy Wilson stuff. And by the time you get to Phoenix and different stuff like that. Okay. But then, you know, as things started to move along, you know, and they, and you started having that, you know, rare earth and three dog night and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I grew up in a wide range of musical, playing different different types of music yeah i I mean that's that's wonderful and and if we think about it we're going through some tumultuous times in in the states right now but if we even just look at our own artistic expression that comes out of america rock and roll country western uh just american pop music it is so mixed. Black culture is so incorporated into the sounds that come out of America that, I mean, if we just look at it that way, we, we all mixed up and we all quite together and we get along quite well. You know, not, not, to, not to, uh, to steal one of Stevie Wonder's lyrics, but, you know, ebony and ivory, you know, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> 
I mean, the fact that I pull from my uh, country, you know, Bakersfield is, is called the Nashville of the West. Hmm. So country music is big here. And, and for me in the black community, gospel music, you know, a lot of small country black preachers here. And that's, that's what I was steeped in. But on the periphery, as I'm in stores and as I'm at friends' houses and at, as, you know, that, that country music seeped in. George Jones seeped in. Uh, you know, <laughs> that, that music seeps in. And, and so when I go to sometimes I write a song, uh, I, my full intention is that there's a little country music there. Yeah. Hey, Laura, it's me. Come on. Sorry, but that's, that ain't nothing but, hey, Laura, it's me. You know, and, 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 you know, a song like uh, Water Under Bridges. Somebody told me, get over it. Right. It's like water under bridges that have. I, in my mind, when I was writing it, I felt like a, like a, uh, a, 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 a black cowboy on a horse. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And so. The idea that all of this culture is mixing and 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 ultimately it, uh, it, it it's in it's in all of the music. I mean, even I'm not going to say country music is in, uh, 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 in, 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 in soul and R&B, but I, but I will say that the roots of a lot of it, the roots of a lot of it, the blues yeah. and gospel is, is has has found its way into all of our musics. And so. That's something we can celebrate, even if there are, you know, great divisions that uh, that we can find at the moment. Hey, guys, you're listening to The Hang. Hit subscribe or follow on your podcast thingamajig of choice to get every episode of The Hang fresh off the presses. And when you were at the foundations of your your getting out there and 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 being and just getting your musical musical legs together, you were playing drums and singing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was playing trap dr- drums or or just the kungas. No. Um- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Trap. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I got out to Los Angeles actually as a musical director. Well, as a percussionist with this group that was on Warner Brothers. 
They happen to be this gospel rock female group called the Stovall Sisters. And so I got, I got this gig playing, you know, percussion, later became their musical director. It, it, was, it was a short-lived situation. But I would sing their songs to, um, through the, you know, rehearsals so they wouldn't have to do them. And they realized either I could sing. And so <laughs> when, we, um, when we would do their shows, they would give me a, a, a song in the show or whatever. Uh-huh. And yeah. Verdine saw me um, at Mavericks Flats. We played there in Los Angeles. And, and uh, the first Earth, Wind & Fire, let me just back up just a little bit. First Earth, the first Earth, Wind & Fire that was uh, created in the 60s, um, they played in Denver. And uh, uh, the guy that was uh, the uh, pro, um, promotion man for them, Harry Jones, um, put uh, our band on the show. Uh, so we opened for them, my band, and the so that's when I, that's what, yeah, that's when I met, yeah, that's when I met Maurice and, and Verdine. And, uh, a year later I moved out to Los Angeles, became musical director with, for the Stovall sisters, percussionist, mm-hmm. the musical director. And then when they broke up, um, we were running in the same circles. Maurice and them asked me, did I want to be in the band? I said, on one condition. He said, what's that? I want to be in the best band in the whole world. <laughs> and they said you're in. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yes. that's possible. That's possible. <laughs> we can make that happen. Wow, but what an extraordinary—I mean, ridiculously extraordinary journey that was. Yeah, it, it, it still is. Yeah, it definitely has been. Um, but you know, it was—it it was very interesting that, and I always tell people that Maurice's intention um, or, his, or his statement, his mission statement for the band was always, as he said, to render a service to humanity. He wanted, a music, he wanted music to render a service to humanity, uh, to uplift you know, humanity and stuff. So that's the reason why we you know, rewrote the kind of the way we did, you know, chose the lyric ideas and so forth. You know, yeah. to um, to do that, to make to meet that need, and so and and looking back on it, you know, that was very, um, that was very, you know, selfless of him, you know, to to to, and especially in those times, to want to make music that made a difference, yeah, in a positive way, yeah, yeah. Well, when you think about music, uh being the, the, the backdrop of your life and kind of always being there. Um, you have to go to, to earth, wind and fire. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been there, um, for the celebrations and sorrowful moments. And, um, and, 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 and I get messages from people and it, and it has always been that for me as well, that music is a, is a comfort and a solace. Um, through difficult times. So I imagine there are thousands and yet millions of people still playing your music right now, trying to get out of the trough that is this, um, that is this pandemic that we're, that we're going through right now, this isolation and and loneliness and remembering the music of, 
of my youth, my foundation has been like really important. So, so I pull out the, the Earth, Wind and Fire records and I pull out Donny Hathaway and Nat King Cole. And it reminds me of like normalcy and, and, uh, and this is what people do. This is this self-medication that yeah. is music. In, in a way we are, I don't know, not physicians, but we are providers of, of uh, something that, that, that brings something to the world. So I think of it that way. So I'm conscious of the lyric that I make. I'm conscious of what I, the energy that I'm mm-hmm. putting out into the world. Did I say something? And, 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 and during the, the, the pandemic, I, I mean, I, I actually, I go back into my, my six records and, and I go through what I've said. Did I say anything that's going to put somebody down? Did I say anything that, that tears something apart? Did I say anything that, that, that is negative, you know? And I realized that, that I, I have some, I have some governor in me that, 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 that guides me in that positive direction based on the foundation of, of, the music that I received from you, from Donnie, from Nat. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So was it, was it a conscious effort when you were pinning songs to, to be thoughtful of people's minds and how this music affects them? Does it bring, make them darker or does it bring them light? Yeah, and we did. And it was, very, it was just as natural as peering out this window and watching these trees blow. You know, it really was, it was, you know, and I, I always say that, you know, we just made the music that we were supposed to make. And um, we didn't have to think much about it. We didn't have to battle it, you know, um, you know, or, or do a whole lot of critiquing or second guessing and all that kind of stuff. We were, you know, we were raised a certain way, very probably, um, similar to one another, um, in, in our, in our, you know, belief system and stuff. Um, Maurice was older and had experienced a lot more, uh, pain than we, than we had, um, and was able to, with our energy, he, he was able to focus a lot of that, that pain into uh, the music and with, it, with, with, with our energy, with that energy. Um, yeah. I was listening the other day in the car and Burning Bush came on. Yeah. And lo and behold, man, Burning Bush could have been written right today. <laughs> right. Right today. Right. We're on every level, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, especially with everything that's going on, it's, it's, yeah. it's so, it's so timely. Yeah. Timeless. Yeah. Extraordinary that, that, that you guys were, were conscious, conscious enough. And you know what I, what I noticed in the clips from the seventies and the attire and the, the hope, it seems like the whole persona of the band, there's a, uh, unapologetic, uh, blackness from the seventies that was happening. Is that, is that something that was, that was a conscious thing? Most definitely. Well, see, Maurice was coming from Chicago and his whole, you know, there, his whole uh, circle uh, of experience there 
you know, was, you know, steeped in black culture. And so he was bringing a lot of that into uh, visually yeah. and um, into the music and into our presentation as, as proud black men, you know, yeah. knowing where we, uh, where we came from, yeah. you know, and who we are. Yeah. And uh, as most of the things, as everything else that Maurice did, it was definitely before it's time. Yeah, I mean, you look like a uh, uh, a giant playing the congas and, and singing uh, in some of those um, early videos. So it's yeah, it's beautiful to see. And you know, you guys have traveled all over the world, and 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 it is true that you go some places in the world where people don't experience uh, African Americans. Do you feel? Did you ever? Do you ever feel like an ambassador sometimes when you travel around the world? I I think we there's no way that we as African Americans, as African people, we can't uh, not feel like like that. I don't know if you would say it's just a necessary burden that we bear living this life this yeah. time around. Yeah. Can I steal that? Can I steal that lyric right there? <laughs> <laughs> You gotta tell you gotta tell me though, like your you paint you paint such a, a wonderful, detailed, comfortable surrounding musically around yourself in terms of your instrumentation, your musician, mm-hmm. um, the way your your voice, uh, your the way your instrument sits right in the middle of the picture, you know. Mm-hmm. With, without there having to be a, a whole lot of other things around, but there's never any unnecessary, you know, unnecessary space. The space, yeah. the space is right. You know, yeah. the space is music. It's, it's what it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, you know, I, I, I mean, I listen to, I listen to your stuff and I go, man, you, I mean, you are, I'm, I hope you know how how blessed that you are to um to have met so many things that artists hope to find a few times in their career and in mm-hmm. your career it's been consistent you know for our band I would say you know during the times of the 70s and stuff when everything was you know, was right. <laughs> yeah. He was hit, hitting on all cylinders. Hitting on all cylinders. And it felt like to us, it was just so easy because all the yeah. ingredients were right there at the right time, right place. And as those, and as those ingredients began to dis, disband, disperse, you know, it became a lot more work to find, yeah. you know, that, you know, find our place to, to, to keep our identity. And then we had to go back, you know, later on, we have to go back and study who we were, who we are, yeah. you know, <laughs> to put the ingredients to, to try to, you know, frame up that, that thing again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but that's, yeah. you know, so understanding that, man, that's, that's the reason why when I say that I really appreciate, you know, you know, where you are. Those are all the reasons 
that I, you know, that I, I, I'm able to better articulate why I'm so enamored with, with what, with what you're doing. Wow. So, so my question is, your, your, your musician, how did all that happen? Okay. Um, I, I, my, um, my band, uh, starting with Chip Crawford, uh, my pianist is from uh, North Carolina. And a particular uh, uh, instrumentalist who, who loves to play with singers. And uh, we met at a small club in Harlem, St. Nick's Pub. And he, you know, I played with other uh, piano players. And they're all wonderful. And they could run up and down the keys. But a, a sensitivity to where I was, which is in between that space of gospel, jazz, and blues. And also understanding that the message, the message, the message, the message, the message, not how, not how impressive you can be, but how do you give and deliver the message um, with, the, the, with the least uh, amount of extraneous noise. Distraction. <laughs> Distraction. You want right. to deliver to the ear. Deliver right. to the ear, right? It's almost like sometimes I get annoyed at different... It happened at the beginning of our interview. You got annoyed at the thing that, that we're trying to communicate with. Your headphones, you know? I want to sometimes, you, as an as a, as a artist, you want to eliminate the microphone, the headphones. You almost want to sing right into the person's ear to deliver the message. And he, he got that in me. And because I, I went through a lot of instrumentalists first that wouldn't listen to my songs and that wouldn't listen to my approach. They thought it was corny to be emotive. And, uh, you know, they thought it was corny to like, for me to talk about my mother before we would start a song. This song is about my mother. Let me tell you who she is. And then we play the song. You understand? Mm -hmm. And he was, he was hip to all that. He enjoyed that. He smiled when I talked about it and didn't roll his eyes. And he was, so he was open to being emotive with the music. And the rest of the band came along. Initially it was uh, Aaron James on bass. Um, and always I've had uh, Emmanuel Harold on, on drums and he's an extraordinary drummer. And he's, um, he, you know, all of these musicians have their own personalities. And now where's he from? Emmanuel's from St. Louis, you know, oh, okay. the land of a, of a thousand brilliant drummers and, um, and just musicians, period. But um, yeah. And, um, but now on bass, we have, uh, we have Jamal Nichols from St. Louis as well. He's wonderful. <laughs> um, but they all, and, but they all have an understanding of where I'm coming from. It's this okay. place that's, it's this place that's in between, you know, if I'll use my heroes as, as bookmarks. Um, it's a place that's in between uh, Bill Withers and Nat King Cole. You know, you know, mm -hmm. there's there's a there's a there's a, some distance there, but there's all. But you understand that there's there's a, the gospel washing. There's the there's the soulful sit down folksy. There's the you know sometimes urbane. If I'm if I'm you know speaking of Nat King Cole, some some sometimes the there's a bit of 
you know, Barack Obama in, in, a, in a way, but when you want to reach across that line of, 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 of race and socio, socioeconomic place, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to give them what they understand sometimes. You know, mm. sometimes they don't understand the hard blues and screaming and hollering and gospel. Sometimes you have to give them like what, like what Nat did. You have, sometimes you have to give them Mona Lisa, you know? Um, so they understood where I was coming from and they listened. And, uh, and so that's who, you know, that's who the team, you know, once, once I got my first few coins to make my first record, I was like, let me go to the people who are sensitive to my ear. They had a whole list of people that I was supposed to get, masters. And I'm sure they would have been great. But I don't think they, I don't, I wanted somebody who was going to play the music with me, then have dinner, and then talk about who these people are that I'm singing about, and then go back and play the music again. I wanted somebody who was professional, but I don't want to say don't take themselves so seriously, but mm-hmm. take but takes takes the music, take them themselves out of the equation, and and the music comes first. You know, you know that's um, that that is that you articulated that so great because that's what you hear, you actually hear, in the presentation that the that the musicians they remove themselves from themselves, and actually become, what you are. You know, they actually yeah. become what the vision is, yeah. you know, and, 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 and opposed to them being able to do all kind of different things right then they're doing you, they're doing what they're supposed to do, you know, right. and it's, and it's beautiful. You hear it, you hear it so loud and clear, you feel it and it yeah. feels so good, you know, right. and it's, you know, it's enviable. For, for a lot of uh, artists, some who don't know what they need, and for those of us who know, we know how hard it is to find that. <laughs> right, right. Yep. He, they, they, they have always come along with me and willing to go. When I, and this is the dope part, and it happens in live performance as well, and I know it happens with you guys. When somebody takes off on this, on a, and, and gets lit by the Spirit, Mm-hmm. We all go. Right. We all follow. So there's some points that we, there's some songs. Maybe it's the, 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 the last few notes of wisdom or 1960 what or painted on canvas or whatever, where if I catch the spirit in the recording studio, y'all got to go with me mm-hmm. and I'm not there alone. And that's that has happened. And it oh, happens. Yeah. yeah, I hear you it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, <definitely, laughs> I definitely hear it because, like you know, like you can't you like those moments you can't write, <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly, you can't, you right. can't write they're those like, moments. There, there's people who have asked me who was conducting the band. I was like, <laughs> the spirit was conducting. That was everybody conducted. Right. Like, how did they know when? How did they know where you were gonna go? I was right. like, the spirit knew. Right, you know. And this is the thing about music. And sometimes, you know, people ask, well, where's the improvisation in, 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 in recording? It's like, it's happening all, you capturing the, in the moments that I didn't plan. Sometimes you capturing moments that, that now that I did it uh, for the record, now that's going to be the way the song goes. But I didn't even write it that way. Right. There was a lyric one time I said, you know, sometimes I, I you know, I'm on the microphone and, and, and just like a, a rapper coming off his dome. 
I said, I wish my mama was here. I still feel this way now. I wish my mama was here. A strong, steady rose. She would know what to do, what to say, how to pray to make things better. I didn't write that. Right. That came to me as I'm standing at the microphone. I was just like, I wish my mama was here. A strong, strong, steady rose. She would know what to do, what to say, how to pray. I say those lyrics now and I'm like, I need her. Mm. I need her, mm-hmm. you know, in, in this crazy time. But um, yeah, yeah, man, you, you know, you ask me where the music comes from and I can get emotional because it's, it comes from her. I just lost my brother. This is the first podcast that I've done after losing my brother to, to COVID. Oh, my. And we had he introduced your music to me. He's just a year and a half older than me. And so, you know, he would kind of go out and find out what's cool and, and bring it back to me and feed me musically. He did that with Louis Armstrong, Sam Cooke, and, uh, you know, it goes on and on. But he's done that the entirety of, of my life, even still. You know, even when you were doing the record with, uh, with Robert, he was like, hey, did you check this out? I was like, oh, I hadn't seen that. You know, he, he was very much a part of my musical voice. And, mm. and I'm, I'm, I'm not nervous. I'm, 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 I have to be careful not to be probably too emotional and when, I, when I go about, you know, writing my next group of songs. because. Because he's there and his spirit and his energy is there. And I can't help but separate him, my mother, and my, the people around me. I can't help but talk about them before I go into the studio and step to the microphone. I wonder, is that a process uh, for you? Do you, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you take the baggage, the life experience, the story of, of, of your life, your journey? Do you take that into, you, in, into the studio when you, when you step oh. to the microphone? Of course, um, because I, I think that just as, as, as artists, we, we're speaking, as Stevie Wonder said, we're speaking not only for ourselves, but we're speaking for other people. You know, we're, so we're speaking to and for people. And, yes. you know, man, like, as you know, all experiences, though different, they're common. You know, so somebody that is going through something, you know, now that you've already gone through needs to hear your story, you know, so that they can make it through, you know, like comfort those with the same comfort that you were comforted with. So, yeah, we definitely we definitely um, carry our stories, our baggage, our pain joys, sorrows, you know, and experiences, you know, to the, to the microphone, you know, um, and it's not so much for ourselves, those of us who are really in tune as it is for somebody else. Cause man, it's amazing how the music that I did 30 years ago has come back 
to me, like I wasn't even a part of it. <laughs> and totally knocked, block, blessed my socks off. You know, I was going through some rough times. And um, we know the show must go on. And it was when I was singing, sing a song. When that very song came back to me, you know, it's like it was such an it was an inspiration to what I was going through right at that moment. Yes, 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 <laughs> you know, yes, yes. Like I yes, had never brother. like I never wrote the song like I never did, had nothing to do with it. It's just like yes. fresh and new. It's like, oh, you know, yes, yes, sometimes yes. it's hard to care. Yes. <laughs> Sing a song. <laughs> you know, a smile is so hard to bear. Sing a song. Yes. You know, Preach. I mean, I was yes, like, Preach. and I was like deep in that, in, in that moment. You know, the last thing I really wanted to do was to be on the stage. But man, I started singing that song. And that and that song started singing to me. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. Woo. Yeah. I started to sing the song and the song started singing to me. Yes, man. This is sometimes I, I I when I'm talking about music and I say, you know, if you if there's something that you like in the lyric or in the sound and the tone, sometimes I say to people, not to sound narcissistic, is that I get it first. Right. I get it first. And it and it it actually it, it'll do a little a little something with me first, and so you know because I believe it's a gift. Mm -hmm. I believe it's a gift coming from from a higher place, and so just you saying that, I sang the song, and the song starts singing to me. You know, you, you this this song number two that you started that we have started. Okay. <laughs> well, make sure I'm, make sure, make sure I, I, I do a hum or something on it. <laughs> oh, brother. No, we, no, we getting together on this. We getting together on this. But listen, I, I don't care what, I don't care what whose manager says. We getting together on this. Uh, but listen, you know, it, it, like in this time of, of like deep sorrow for me, this is, this, this was my mate, my buddy, my, my life, my, 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 my running partner. Who who just left us a few weeks ago? And wow, COVID. Yes, he he um he was in New York, Brooklyn at the time, and mm. and uh, and we, you know, our last conversation was I, I said to him, I said, man, don't 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 play with this, and he wasn't. He was inside, and just before that, he was delivering groceries to to some old ladies, and and potentially that's where he, uh, you know, I, I don't want to put it on anybody, but. But he was he was delivering to the least ones, right? Which is which was which is which is how he would go out, and 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 he would sacrifice for other people. That's that's the kind of person he was. He sacrificed for me many times. But as I was singing, uh, you know, some of my songs, you know, kind of walking around the house thinking of him. There will be no love that's dying here, you know. You know, the death of love is everywhere, but I won't let it be. There will be no love that's dying here for me. You you said it. The song began to sing to me. So so people in interviews were asking me, oh, Gregory, tell me the song of the summer. Tell me what uh, what are you listening to these days? And I said, I'm actually listening to things to fortify 
me, even if it's something that I said, even if it's something that I wrote, uh, I, I'm listening to those things to, to, to give me strength and that will sing to me when I sing them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so you put that so, so profoundly. Man, you know, I feel like with you, um, just like I, I feel with uh, with Annie Lennox, we're going to have to do a part two on on, on this, brother. I, I don't know if your schedule allows. This has been extraordinary to 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 just trade um, conversation about music. And really what we what we had here was a conversation about life. Um, we could dig so much further into your own your own career uh, and your, your own solo, solo career and, you know, easy lover and all that kind of, all that kind of thing. And all those fancy silver suits you were wearing and whatnot. But, but, um, <laughs> but this soulful conversation um, about the roots of, of who you are and where it came from and, 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 and to still be inspired and in awe of music, at this stage of your career, at the genius level uh, that you are, is really inspiring to me. And uh, dope, 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 and awesome, amazing to hang with you, man. Thank you, man. And yeah. and 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 feel free, man, I, uh, to give me a ring or email whenever you want to, man. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. You know, that's I'm 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 gonna hold that dear. I won't abuse it. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, he broke me down. He's like, the the song sings to me as I sing. Wow. Philip Bailey. That's a a once-in-a-lifetime moment, and I'm so glad that I got to share that with you all. Make sure that you check out his three jazz albums if you haven't already. So there it is. Thank you so much for giving us your time, your ears. Remember, feel free to share this podcast with your friends. Let's all get together on our next episode. I'm Gregory Porter, and this has been The Hang, a Cup and Nuzzle production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.